Seinfeld, Serenity Now is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap. And now, here are the two guys who are wishing everybody out there a very happy Hoochie Mama's Day. I'm Rob Sister. Here's Akiva Winokur. Keith, how are you? Are they going to say two guys who have no shicks appeal? No shicks appeal. Yeah. All right, Keith. Here we are, and we are a little belated. But we definitely did not miss a week. Yeah, people panic when we're like when it's not there, only because we've spoiled people so much that it's you know it's always available. The podcast is always like uploaded basically the exact same time every week for the last yes. three years, and that has probably more to do with uh, Scott St. Pierre being very timely in terms of getting the edited podcast out. But we were a little delayed on getting this episode out, causing many of our listeners to be yelling to no one in particular. Serenity now. Uh, yeah, that's right. It was mostly, I think people assumed it was your fault, but honestly, it was mostly my fault. I, I think we can uh, take joint ownership over this baby because we were trying to do it earlier in the week because of my schedule, but then you were under the weather. Uh, that's right. It ended up it ended up all being for the best. Yeah. And really, that I had such a busy day uh, last Monday that I, I don't know how I would have actually gotten to the airport had I done like two hours of podcasting that past Monday. But here we are back and ready to go. Keeve, are you feeling better? Yeah, I'm feeling much better. We've had like 10 days off and uh, I'm, I'm back in the saddle. We put you on the 10 day DL. 10 day DL. I had a disease that I thought they only got on like the Oregon Trail. No, but uh, <laughs> but apparently it still exists, and uh, I'm better now. Okay, good. Is it possible that our previous podcast is what did you in? I mean, anything's possible. I you know maybe season nine of Seinfeld is making me sick. Oh no, no, it hasn't been bad. No, it hasn't been bad at all. I, I mean, maybe like the fact that we're ending, it's making me sick you know, out of like. You know, like the podcast is dying, you know, like when sometimes like there's a, a couple, they've been married 63 years. Yeah. And then like the wife dies and the husband dies like six hours later. Yeah. I think so, like, maybe that's my body with the podcast. Like the podcast is like E.T. and you're Elliot and we're sort of like getting to the end of the line. Have you seen E.T. or that's a science fiction movie and you're not going to watch I it? I have seen E.T., but I used to like I was really afraid of it. I probably saw it a little too young and I. I always thought E.T. and Edward Scissorhands were in my closet when I was growing up. Well, E.T. literally was in a closet at one point. Yeah, I think that that was I was I, I was there was four movie characters that I always thought was it was, was in my closet when I was like seven or eight years old. Yeah. E.T., Edward Scissorhands, Chucky the Doll. I never even saw those movies, right. but the commercials like gave me nightmares. And the two bad guys from Home Alone in the first mo- the first movie. Really? Uh, yes. Marvin Harry. Marvin Harry. Yeah. And did you have to set booby traps around your room? I mean, I always wanted to like put thumbtacks, but I'm such a klutz. I would have ended up like being the guy who like stepped on the thumbtacks and like all the all the traps would have ended up, you know, backfiring on me. Just in terms of power rankings, in terms of uh, most menacing to least menacing, I think Chucky uh, is actually I think he'd be number one in the power rankings. Uh, he oh, actually no question. is like He's evil. Yeah. A murderous evil like kids doll possessed by uh, like a demon. So that'd be number one. I think two would probably be, hmm, I'd say Marvin Harry because they have criminal intent, but yeah, they're sort they're of evil also. They don't really right, have. They are hapless, but there's two of them. That's what's scary. Yeah, but they don't have firearms. Like the most that they ever do is like they'll tie you up with rope 
and try to rob your house, but just like flood your basement. So I think that Edward Scissorhands, just by the nature of the weapons that that he possesses, like he could accidentally just decapitate. Sure. Yeah. Right. He might be well-meaning, but, you know, and also when you're a little kid, that's pretty scary. Right. He hands. may just like come over to like give you a kiss goodnight and then just like, uh, you know, you, you know, you lost both your eyes. That was what I was afraid of. Yeah. And then Marvin Harry, probably uh, they are menacing. They could kidnap you. You know, even they, uh, you know, No, we did Marvin Harry. It's no, I'm ET saying that's left. three. I'm saying they're three. Oh, so Edward Scissorhands is above Marvin Harry, and yeah. E.T. is four, you're saying. E.T. is four. Sure, he may have some sort of, like, space alien disease, but basically, if he has that and he's here, then everybody's getting it anyway, so it really doesn't matter. And I think that, uh, although the government then sometimes, you know, comes and uh, ransacks your house looking for E.T., and they put you into quarantine. I would always make sure my closets were, like, closed really tight, but I don't yeah. know how that would have, like, That'll I imagine, like, Edward Scissorhands probably couldn't have opened the closet, but I feel like Marvin Harry could have figured it out. I bet he could pry it open, like, uh, use those scissors like a crowbar. Or he could probably just go through the door, which is even scarier. Why, just, like, cut, I mean, it's not like he has chainsaw hands. No, but, like, eventually, like, with those things, he could cut the door open, like, the, the wood door, he could probably get through it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if he can uh, get through a door. I think that maybe yeah. eventually those scissors get dull. He has to sharpen them. Yeah, I mean, I guess n- now knowing that it's like Johnny Depp, right? He's not as scary. No, probably not. I mean, like it would be more scary to be like his accountant than to be Edward Scissorhands. What would be scarier to have Johnny Depp in your closet or Edward Scissorhands in your closet? Just regular Johnny Depp yeah. or like Pirates of the Caribbean Johnny Depp? No, regular. I feel like there's not much difference, but sure. Um, right, there isn't much difference. Uh, regular Johnny Depp, I feel like he just spends all my money. So yeah. that's pretty scary. Again, Edward Scissorhands is like a well-meaning sort of nymph. Yeah, no, he means well, but again, like by accident, he could murder you. Right. Okay. All right, Keeve. Uh, if we haven't lost all of our listeners at this point, then uh, nothing will stop them. Yeah, no, that's true. If if anyone's still listening, they're probably going to listen to the rest of the show. <laughs> yes, uh, we we must have Schick's appeal if you're still here. Yeah, people should appreciate. It. I wasn't even like willing to talk about this stuff till a couple of years ago. I'm like, I'm still scared of Chucky, honestly. Yeah, I mean, who isn't? Yeah. Very terrifying. All right. So here we are, Keeve, and uh, going into the Serenity now. And I actually thought this was a, a very fun episode. Yeah, it's a great episode. People really remember the catchphrase, but it's such a wacky, insane episode. The whole thing is kind of an adventure. Yeah, it's an adventure, but I think that uh, it uh, might be my favorite from these three so far in season nine. That's reasonable. Okay. All right. So we will uh, dive into uh, this episode, uh, The Serenity Now, uh, written by Steve Corin from October 9th, 1997. And uh, we end up seeing George driving his mom and dad in the car. And uh, somehow Frank is in the back seat and he's unhappy with the uh, seating of Estelle in the front seat, the passenger seat. Yeah, could you imagine, like, if you went in a car, someone was driving you and your wife, who goes in the passenger seat, who goes in the back? I mean, I think it depends on what the relationship is with the person who's driving the car. If it is, like, my wife's friend, then she can, you know, go in the front seat, and then Mm -hmm. if it's somebody who I know better, then I'll go into the front seat. Interesting. And what if it's a neutral party? Hmm. Like a like an Uber driver. If it's an Uber driver, we'd both be in the back seat. Right. Okay. That's I'm not going to sit shotgun with the Uber. Yeah, driver. that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. But if it was like one of if it was one of her parents, she'd be in the front, then you'd be in the back. I think that they will like. It depends if it's just one parent. I think they often offer me the front seat. Maybe a little. Uh, you know, 
I don't know if they're just being, uh, you know, sort of like, thank you, sir, for taking our daughter oh, oh, to the other coast. To the other, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're just being that, that polite. I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's uh, in any way sort of uh, misogynistic. No, but you're chivalrous and you offer the front seat to your wife. If she wants it, I don't care. She can sit there. I mean, I think that really that the person who is in the shotgun in that scenario is really the director of conversation for the trip. And, that, and that's why my wife is actually a terrible person to ha- have that seat because she'll just sit there and look at her phone and then it's still upon me to sort of now from the back seat attempt to have the guy like, well, if you're in the back seat, you can just check out and be on your phone. You don't need to even be part of the conversation. Right. And especially some like big cars now, it's really hard to see and hear from like the back. of the Right. Car. My, my wife is just going to be looking through Facebook for the entire trip. And then, you know, don't expect there to be any conversation that comes up. There is a lot of conversational responsibility if you're in that front seat. It really is. And and I think that especially like uh, it used to be you were in charge of like navigating in terms of like the directions. But now everybody, you have directions in your car, directions on your phone. Really, you are the director of conversation at that point. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. I think you should. The back seems like a better option, especially if you're the only person in the back. You could really spread out. It's actually preferable to be in the back. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a much more pressure to be in the front seat. All right. So ahead of his time, Frank Costanza. Yeah. And Frank Costanza is upset because he does not have enough leg room. Uh, I mean, is he such a big guy, Frank Costanza? I don't think so. But Estelle must have that seat pushed all the way yeah, back. Yeah, she leans back. Yeah. And he yells out, uh, Serenity now! And the doctor gave him a relaxation cassette. And when his blood pressure gets too high, the man on the tape says, Say Serenity now. Yeah, I meant to count the Serenity nows in this episode. Yeah. What do you think it is? There's, it's close to 30. It's between 25 and 30. Wow, I wouldn't have guessed that many. It's a lot. Yeah. And the, George asks him, are you supposed to yell it? Frank says the man on the tape wasn't specific. I find that hard to believe. I mean, he probably didn't say don't yell it, but I doubt he said to, you know, to yell it. And, but and Frank just yells everything. If this was a book, I could understand the confusion. But when you're listening to an audio cassette, the man on the tape surely isn't yelling serenity now. Yeah, no, it's a good point. But it would be insane for him to just yell it, right? The man on the tape, even if you're supposed to yell it. Well, uh, why would you be supposed to yell it? If you were supposed to yell it, I think he would yell it on the tape. Yeah, probably. But again, Frank is a yeller. He assumes everything is in yell mode. Okay. And they're talking about the screen door uh, when they pull up to the house. It blew off again. And Estelle is upset. And Frank, uh, again, uh, serenity now. Yeah, that's, that's two if you're scoring at home. Okay. So, Keeve, Jerry has a new girlfriend. Her name is Patty, but she is probably better known to many of our listeners as Lori Laughlin, a.k.a. Aunt Becky from Full House. I would say she's better known to everybody as Aunt Becky. I don't think anybody knows her from, like, the first eight minutes of this episode. Well, I don't think anybody knows her as Patty, but some people might know her as Lori Laughlin. I mean, even, like, all my kids know Full House. Like, I feel like everyone knows her as Aunt Becky. Yeah. And so here she is, and I think that she sort of gets forgotten as a Seinfeld girlfriend. Well, the weird thing about her, and I'd be curious to ask her when we get her on, is like Jerry usually breaks up with his girlfriends in like the third to last scene of the episode. But she's gone like nine minutes in, like never to be heard from again. There's no reconciliation like we've had with a lot of recent girlfriends where he breaks up two or three times during the episode. But then he he works his way back by saying, I didn't mean it. And then there's another breakup. 
she when she's gone, she's gone. I wonder if they just didn't have her for like if her avail was not enough time to really use her for the whole episode or something. Uh, I'm not sure what Lori Laughlin's avail is in 1997, but I'm pretty sure whatever she's doing in between Full House and Fuller House, she could have bumped to do the biggest show in America. Right. So she right. So Full House is over. Well, you know, before this film, this might be a good time to do uh, a little check in on IMD bags. Right. So she did a season of a show called Hudson Street the year after full house but then she's just doing guest spots for years she may have had kids at this point i'm not sure but she was like on larry sanders suddenly susan she did a bunch of tv movies three tv movies in 97 alone remember tv movies yes yes yeah so she really has uh not a lot going on uh at this point in her career yeah and she doesn't work at all from 97 to 01 which makes me think that maybe she was off doing family stuff Perhaps you mean like uh, Fuller House type things? Well, I think like doesn't she have kids or something? Yeah. Uh, I think she had just gotten married. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, she is a, a classic. Yeah, she was having kids then in the, in the 97 to 01 thing. She had two kids. Yeah, right. TV guest star. Uh, that's she does a a good job uh, with that. And then wait, this is a crazy fact on IMD that? bags. So her so she had uh, two kids with with uh, this guy Massimo Giannoli. Okay. And Massimo is the Massimo from the clothing company. Hmm. Okay. So, you remember Massimo? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, good for Lori Laughlin. She's got all that Massimo money coming through. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't know if it still exists. I remember like in, when I was in summer camp, it was like a really popular like clothing line. And I, I don't know if I haven't heard anything about them since then. I'm not sure yeah. they're around. You know, I also forgot that she was in the 90210 reboot uh, for four years. Forgot she was yeah. a part Looks of that. Looks like they are still around. They sold, but it, maybe he made some money. Okay. Lachlan's got all that uh, Massimo money. She doesn't even have to work on Fuller House. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think she just has like guest spots on it. Is she on it? I'm not even sure. Yeah, I think she's been on it before. But they like none of the old cast, uh, the grown-ups uh, are like series regulars. They just show up every uh, once in a while. Right. It's it's the daughters and Gibbler. Yeah. Okay. So here she is. And just to speak to your point, I think that what's interesting about her here is that she sort of changes Jerry. And then Jerry is sort of like the wacky person throughout the episode. Like normally Jerry has like a wacky girlfriend that they're trying to deal with. She somehow like changes Jerry. Jerry is wacky throughout the episode. And then he ends up becoming, you know, having like an arc of being a weirdo. Right. He's the man hands in this episode. <laughs> right. I think that's the case. <laughs> sort of reverse man hands for Jerry. Okay. Right. He's mean, mean hands, really. Mean hands. <laughs> okay. So they're talking about the Knicks. So much Nick ticket talk. It, we, I mean, we, I think we only see our characters go to one Nick game, right? But uh, lots of times that we're talking about Nick ticket. Yeah. I guess that's like the most realistic ticket thing. Like the, the football tickets, like they, they date you to Sundays and I mean, there is some Ranger talk, but you know, I guess we go to a devil's game. Not a Rangers game. So mm-hmm. the Knicks, the Knicks were really hot. People forget the Knicks owned the town in the late nineties. People do forget that. Yeah. And so they didn't get those tickets and Jerry's like, all right, fine. And Patty wants to know, are you mad at me? And he says, no, uh, she wants to know why she's never seen him get mad. Keeve, do you get really mad? I don't think so. My wife might, might like say, oh, sometimes, but no, people say that I don't. Yeah. 
I have to say that I do eventually get really mad. I feel like that I am like Jerry for the most part. Uh, Jerry says he gets peeved, he gets miffed and irked, but uh, he doesn't get mad. If you like, I have a long fuse, but I think that when I finally do lose it, then I'm really mad. Yeah, I don't. I get mad at stupid things. Like I was furious yesterday about, about basketball, but not about real life stuff. Right, right. Yeah, I, I'll tend to probably be more irked at something stupid, but eventually, then uh, I, I can I can lose it if, if you know. Uh, eventually, my my fuse will go. Right. No, I, I'm pretty calm. I, I wish I cared enough about stuff to lose it. I'm like Jerry. <laughs> okay. So uh, George talks to Jerry and uh, they're talking about how Jerry, does he suppress his emotions? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the answer is yes, right? Like he has no emotions. But does he have no emotions or he suppresses his emotions? Right. I mean, I guess this episode is about suppressing emotions with the Serenity Now stuff, but... I feel like he's, I'm not sure, he's, he's sort of getting out these emotions that might not even existed inside of him. Well, that is an interesting question. Does Jerry have no emotions or does he have emotions and he suppresses them? I think this episode leads us to believe that he does indeed have emotions that he has been suppressing because once he lets them out, he, they're, they're all coming out. Right, but it's not like Frank. He's not working hard on suppressing them. They, they're naturally suppressed. Yeah, well, it's almost the opposite. Where Frank Costanza is a very emotional man who is trying to suppress his emotions. Jerry is an unemotional man who has already suppressed his emotions, and he ends up unsuppressing his emotions. Yeah. It's interesting. That makes sense. And there's a good line here that George asks Jerry, so what do you care what she thinks? And Jerry says, good body. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good joke. (laughs) Okay. And George says... Uh, also, like, the idea that this Lori Lachlan has known him for so long. Like, There's actually a great meta joke later in the episode where Elaine says, right, you break up with a new girl every week. But because that's true, and, like, he literally was dating somebody last week, how well could she know him that she knows that he suppresses his... Mo- like, because he didn't cry on their second date? She's assuming it? I don't yeah, care. Yeah, he didn't get that mad about the Nick tickets. She doesn't have a big, uh, you know, sample size here. No. Well, seems like she's trying to provoke him. Yeah, she she's really starting like something that you know it wasn't there. Yeah, she was. She likes the bad boy, perhaps. Well, if she liked the bad boy, then go with Banya. Don't go I with mean, Jerry. I'm um, looking at her track record. Uncle Jesse, bad boy. That's true. You Massimo. want you need the leather jacket. Yeah. You think Massimo's a bad boy? I don't know. I think a lot of bad boys might wear Massimo, no? Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like the clothing company guy. Can you really be a bad boy and like uh, hmm. and like? be this big clothing entrepreneur? I don't yeah, know. they're sort of like uh, skateboard clothes. I think you could be a bad boy, uh, Massimo. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So that they're talking about, can Jerry get mad? Can Jerry actually uh, get mad? And uh, George says no. He, there's like a comedic pitch to his voice when he's trying to yell about stuff. Right. He's trying really hard. Even when he gets when she gets mad at him later, he's he's really just trying to be mad. I don't even know if he's actually mad. Right. Yeah. When Jerry is actually supposed to be getting mad in the episode, he's still doing this thing. Yes. Doing the voice. <laughs> Okay, so Kramer comes in and Jerry is trying to uh, say to him, you know, I'm so sick of you coming in here and eating all of my food. Now shut the door and get the hell out of here. And Kramer starts laughing. What is that, a new bit? Yeah, he's not buying it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, George asks Kramer if he wants to come help him fix his father's screen door in Queens. Uh, uh, And uh, Kramer is uh, happy to go. 
Well, uh, yeah. I mean, Jerry has a good line. He says he's fixing a different screen door in the Bronx. Yeah. Okay. So uh, here comes Elaine, and uh, Jerry is still trying to be mean, and she's laughing at Jerry uh, being mean. And uh, Elaine needs someone to go with her to Mr. Lipman's son's bar mitzvah. Yeah, the plus one for the bar mitzvah. That's a tough one. Yeah. And so Jerry says that if you don't bring a guest, you should be able to give a cheaper gift. And Elaine says she doesn't think it's possible. This really tickled me that Elaine is giving him boggle. It is funny. I feel like the right, you know, whoever, you know, Steve Corrin or whoever was punching up the script sat around and said, like, what's the worst gift he could give? And I feel like boggles a really good choice. Yeah, because even like a better board game like Monopoly the joke doesn't really work because it's right. like, oh, is that bad? But this is like objectively terrible. Like if someone had given me Boggle for my bar mitzvah, I would have disinvited them. <laughs> Ex post facto? Yeah, yeah. I would have like retroactively. Like sometimes people give gifts beforehand. But I, 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 this is the worst gift. Like this isn't nowadays. It's, I don't even know if that's appropriate. Like if my daughter brought it to like a 10 year old birthday party, I feel like the friend would be annoyed. Yeah, Boggle is the worst. I mean, is Boggle even an app that people play in 2017? I bet they have a decent app. If yeah. I had to guess, it's, it seems to lend itself well to an app. It might not be bad as an app, but yeah, it is really the worst game. At my grandparents' house, like they, they had like really like almost like nothing to do. They had TV, but it was like, uh, it, it was like, in a, it, like, downstairs or upstairs we weren't really supposed to go like and be like unsupervised there and we just just, like sit around the table and that's the only thing they had was boggle to play hours of boggle it really like burned a hole in your in your memory like now you hate boggle it just even they didn't even have monopoly at least that like that takes up a lot of time no they just had boggle why didn't you bring see you kids have no free will like if you were smart you should have like brought a good game with you to play uh, it makes you feel like I, I had good games, Keith, or I had. Extra you didn't have games. Monopoly in your house. I did, but there was nobody at my grandparents' house that was going to sit there and play Monopoly for. Well, four who was hours playing Boggle with you for four hours? I mean, that Boggle is just like uh, I think you play. I had to play Boggle by myself. Oh, it's a one-person game, right? No, it's it's a, it's a multiple people uh, game. So you were playing like solitaire Boggle. That's actually a really sad memory. Yeah, maybe my grandmother would play Boggle. You just you sit around with that stupid timer. Yeah, I mean, this is, was this like pre Nintendo? I mean, your grandparents wouldn't have had Nintendo anyway. No, it was not pre Nintendo. But yeah, again, my grandparents did not like. There was no like iPad that you could just like take your portable video game system to you know your grandparents. Right. I will say, too much. You didn't have a Game Boy. Uh, I did. This might have been pre Game Boy. To my uh, grandma's credit. When I started going over there a lot and she knew I was like such a big sports fan, she got cable so I could like watch the Mets when I would come over. Wow. Yeah, that was like and because it is really boring going to your grandparents like I would go for weekends and I'd have to like when I was little, I'd have to like I bring a book and I'd have to like read. A, I brought the sports almanac and I just memorize it. That's why I'm a lunatic <laughs> uh, 30 years later because yeah. I would just memorize like the information, please sports almanac. But that's all I had with me for like 25 hours. Mm-hmm. But yeah. once you got cable, that was it. It was a deal. It was like game changer. Game is certainly. All right. So we go to uh, Frank Costanza's screen door and uh, there's a problem with it. And uh, ultimately, the hinges are starting to rot, Keeve. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the screen door, first of all, like the most like the front of houses even have screen doors. Isn't that a backdoor thing? Usually you could have a screen door on your front, on your front door. I guess you can. I, mean, you yeah, I don't know. Have, like, the idea is to have like the sort of the breeze come through. Right. Right. Maybe everyone has a screen door and I'm just an idiot. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a screen <laughs> door 
on my house, but I feel like that, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, not uncommon. Okay. And so Estelle uh, mostly is like yelling off screen in this episode. She hates the door. Throw it out. Yeah, I wonder if she like wasn't around. So they just used her here. Yeah. So she's really off screen yelling. You're right. A lot. I wonder if like they had her for a day and she just yelled like half her lines. <laughs> I'm not sure if it just would like made the scenes longer to have her like uh, come in. And just Maybe she had to, the like, same avail schedule as Lori Lachlan. Maybe and they, were her and Lori Lachlan, they weren't around. <laughs> they were working on something big. They had a pilot they were filming. Yeah. And so Kramer says, look, uh, I think it just might be time to let her go, Frank. Uh, I thought that this was like an opportunity where you could have Frank think that Kramer was talking about Estelle. I, it's, it, I think they want you to at least think that for a second, right? Yeah. It's okay. definitely out there, hanging there. All right, and like the screen door. And Frank says, uh, "Will you put it a rest for me?" Kramer uh, goes off with the screen door. Uh, Estelle is yelling, uh, "Go put those boxes in the garage!" And so George gets to go see what's in the garage, and it is computers. Frank's been selling computers for two months now. Yeah, I love his story from where he came up with the computer idea. He says, uh, two months ago, I saw a provocative movie on cable TV. It was called The Net with that girl from the bus. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> and then, that joke really holds up. Yes. And he adds, uh, I did a little reading and I realized it wasn't that far fetched. I feel like there's so many podcasts that like go that, you know, make fun of bad old movies. I feel like the net is really ripe for destroying. Oh, I'm sure the net is hilarious on a rewatch of like what could happen to you in 1995 where basically did you see that movie keith i I think i saw it then but i don't remember the first thing about it yeah i I just remember so it was like sandra bullock's follow-up to speed yeah she could have got anything made in 1995 96 yeah and this was the thriller where basically her identity gets stolen and so, like, they sort of, like, erase her off of, like, the map. Like, they, there's, like, no record of her anymore. She, like, got too close to something. She had to do speed to cruise control just to get the stench of the net off. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Frank Costanza is selling these computers. Keith, that one thing that's always bothered me with this episode is that, like, all of the boxes that Frank Costanza has are not uniform. Like, he has, like, different computers from different companies. Is he just, like, a warehouse of all different computers? Are they, like, hot computers? Like, it's not clear, right? Because he said he's competing with Microsoft and IBM, but it's not, like, Costanza-branded computers, right? It's So he he's literally just selling the – he's just selling random computers. I agree because there's some gateways – it's possible like computers were expensive enough that they just couldn't get 30 Apple boxes or 30 gateway boxes. They had to mix and match. Do they still make gateway computers? I, if I had to guess, I'd say the brand still exists. Okay. Yeah, let's see what happens if you search gateway computers. You don't get that virus, right, that everybody's getting? I hope not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Home, gateway. You didn't get that worm, did you, Keith? Which one? The, the, new, the new one? Yeah. Want to cry? The ransomware? No, yeah. I would. I I would have mentioned it. What would you do? Would point. you pay the ransom? What are they? What are they ransoming? I don't know. I I, I keep like for my like, Gmail. I oh, first of all, I hope no no ransomers are listening. If you're listening, we are pro ransom guys. Yeah, we're on your team. Do not no, do no, don't do it to a us. Deal in the media also. Yeah, like if you want us to like rob as a PR firm, we'll help you guys out. Yeah, but don't do it to us. We're cool. You yeah. know, we've always been cool with you guys. Well, we're the pro hack, we're a pro hacker podcast. We, yes, we've always been uh, pro hacker, pro ransomware, and also like uh, don't have any money either. 
right which is really right you know, but for my overhead. gmail i would i would definitely have to pay a nice amount of money if it was just like my actual computer and i could reset it or whatever i wouldn't pay yeah but i don't know that i haven't heard on any of the news reports are you supposed to pay like if, if you like if you pay the money do they leave you alone or then they come back to like the next day like looking for right more money? right I, I i think when i heard about this when it was smaller like they actually do give you your stuff back because they want to encourage people paying yeah um, but well, like to me also, it, like if it was just dollars and I could PayPal them, that's one thing. Yeah, they should make but, it reasonable. They should be like ten dollars, and people are like, eh, okay, fine. I don't think it was in, a, in a, an exorbitant amount. The I problem like is three hundred dollars with the um, the what you call the the bit what not uh, what's it called bit not bitmoji. What's the money called? Bit, uh, oh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin with the Bitcoin. It's like I'm too lazy to get Bitcoin. Like, oh, I'm not yeah, getting to Bitcoin. Convert to Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm not converting any of the Bitcoin. Like, you could have my stuff. I don't care. There's nothing that's that, that's yeah. that important. Uh, you still can get a Gateway computer, by the way. But I think Acer owns Gateway. Okay. All right. I have an Acer laptop. It's trash. <laughs> Unless they want to advertise on the podcast, in which case, uh, it's great. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, uh, Frank Stanza is trying to recruit George into uh, helping him sell the computers. That's a secret weapon. Yes, George is the secret weapon. Okay. All right. So we go back to the diner and uh, we're talking with uh, Jerry and Patty and uh, that Jerry is trying to be angry about that there's no milk for his coffee. Right. I, I do like angry Jerry. It's it's funny watching him try and be mad. Yeah. He's talking about 1%. He's like, 1%? They could kiss 1% of my ass. Yeah. People should say that more often. I feel like it's funny. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Patty is uh, really trying to uh, push him and she ends up sort of like bullying him a little bit. And then he sort of like uh, she he gets a reaction or she gets a reaction from him. Like Patty was really in the wrong here. Like she had this great thing going and she ruined it because Jerry isn't mean enough. I feel like that's, you know, in hindsight, it wasn't a great decision. I mean, I think where she's coming from is that if he can't get angry, he also can't be passionate I think that right. they're sort of like two sides of the same coin. So mm. I think that she feels like for the good of the relationship, she needs to sort of like uh, get him like raw and emotional. Yeah. And mention Elvis more. Yes. <laughs> Have mercy. She likes that. Okay. Uh, Lane is at Mr. Lippman's son's bar mitzvah and uh, that Mr. Lippman is very proud of his son. He's a man today. Adam is his name. And Elaine uh, says congratulations, and he French kisses Elaine. I'm a man. Yeah, it is very funny. I, you know, I didn't check how old the actor who plays Adam is, but that could be like an awkward scene, right? Sure, sure. Um, like you'd assume he'd have to be an 18 year old for them to like, unless they're sort of faking, unless there's a hand. Yeah, between them I, and think I, didn't that, I think I it. think it's a they're they're cheating it. You know what? Because he's 13 years old, actually. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I think you're right. They are cheating. He's not he's not a working. Yeah, I, I don't think that we're really uh, going into dicey statutory uh, rape law. Laughlin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that we were OK. I think we're OK. 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 Uh, Jerry hears about this and uh, we find out that it was indeed a kiss with tongue. George says he didn't try that until he was 23. That's funny. Yeah, Jerry talks about that. He's not a kid. He's a man's man. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, you would be the most popular one of your friends. if This is like a step below, you know, like having a relationship with your teacher when you're that age. Yeah. And Keith, uh, if Adam is a man's man, is that like you being a podcaster's podcaster? 
I think so. Well, but no, a man's man is like a is is a full compliment. The podcaster's podcaster means like nobody likes you other than podcasters. Like a comedian's comedian is mostly it's like he's not popular, but the other comedians like him. Mm-hmm. A man's man, it's like every man likes you. You are yeah. like the man man amongst men, right? Because there's uh, many more men than there are podcasters. But it's that's close. true. Also, well, now it's, well, it's right now it's basically <laughs> it's it's even almost. Yeah, it's like uh, four out of every five. That's right. Okay. So Jerry gets a phone call uh, about uh, flying first class and he starts uh, yelling at the person on the phone. And then uh, we see that Patty taught him how to uh, get mad. Yeah. I assume this is Mrs. Foreman, his agent. Yes. Uh, Which is really kind of mean to yell at her. Yeah. But listen, you got to be tough with her. We've seen that being nice with her doesn't work. We have seen that. Okay. Uh, George is off to go back and sell computers. Yeah. Um. Like the the computer thing, like how much do you think they're selling computers for in 1997? I don't know. $2,500. Yeah, that's expensive, but yeah. it sounds right. Yeah. I don't think that there were too many cheap computers, but I could be way off. Like somebody will like send us like a uh, like a Staples uh, circular from uh, 1997 if Staples was invented mm-hmm. yet. I think it was. I'm not sure. I think so. Okay. So as they're walking out, we see Kramer putting up Frank's screen door on uh, his apartment. Yeah, it's now Anytown, USA, Kramer's apartment. Okay. And uh, Kramer is liking how it's all uh, set up over there. Do you like Kramer with the screen door? Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty classic Kramer. It's definitely, you know, consistent with his character. Yeah, it is wacky, but I feel like it's wacky, but it's small. It's not like something that would be impossible to happen. We don't have to suspend disbelief uh, too much. So I do think it's another one of these meta things where we're sort of like playing with the hallway and going into Kramer's apartment. So I, I, I end up liking how it plays out. Yeah, I have no problem with it. Okay. All right. So George comes in and uh we see him at the uh, computer garage and frank does not want to be known as dad he wants to be named mr costanza and he will refer to george as costanza i think it's pretty common people work for their dad they usually don't call their dad dad yeah and so we also see the return of lloyd braun yes and this is the same the lloyd braun from last time but there was, you know, this is the second Lloyd Braun overall. Right. And so George is not happy to have Lloyd Braun in the mix, even though his mom recommended him. All he heard as a kid was, why can't you be more like Lloyd Braun? Yes. Even though he went crazy after the nonfat yogurt. Right. George tells Frank, did you know he was in a mental institution? Frank says, I didn't need his resume. Yeah. Okay. All right. I feel like George would have mentioned a hundred times that Lloyd Braun was in a mental institution, just to get the one up on him, though. And Lloyd Braun, uh, that he is selling those computers, and he gets another mark on the big board. Yeah, he's really selling them fast, almost suspiciously fast. Yeah. Uh, I like that Estelle is constantly like, good for you, Lloyd! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, did you have the the friend that your parents liked better than you? Because I did. Mm, I do not believe so. I didn't have the friend. I didn't have the friend, Keeve. Yeah, that's true. But if you had a friend, could you could you see that as an option or no? Your mom liked you. No, I think my parents would be very suspicious of anybody. Of any of your like, why is he friends with my dorky son? Right, right. What's this troublemaker up to? I had a, at least one friend that my parents openly said they would trade for me. Mm, it's a good trade. Better than yeah, uh, it would have been George for chicken alcohol. Uh, it, I mean, I would have been. I'm the chicken alcohol in that scenario. So yeah. <laughs> 
Like nobody wants me. Okay. So we see Elaine back at Adam's house. And so Elaine says to him, you know, I talked to your father and apology accepted. And Adam says, I'm not apologizing. It was great. I told everybody. Um, yeah. The uh, what's it called? Like there, there's no shame to being a 13 year old boy and making out with Elaine Bennett. There's no shame in his game. That's right. Yeah. Uh, tell tell Mitchell Tenenbaum I can't come this Saturday. Yeah, Elaine has been invited to many more bar mitzvahs, and Adam will say, are you free on Friday night? I feel like when word gets out that she just gives boggle, it might the invitations might come down a little bit. It might, maybe a little bit, but I think you would like take boggle and a make-out sesh. A boggle plus a make It's basically evens out, honestly. Boggle's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine tells him, no, look, I can't go out with you. You're 13. I'm in my early 20s. But Adam argues, uh, I'm a man. Uh, right. The rabbi told him he's a man. Yeah. He's 13. Uh, Elaine says, no, you're not. My friends aren't even there yet. And Adam ends up having a meltdown. He says, then the whole thing was a sham. First, they said I was going to get great gifts. And somebody gave me boggle. And now I renounce my religion. Yeah. That's like declaring bankruptcy by yelling, I declare bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? How hard is it to renounce your religion? Uh, Judaism, impossible. You can't renounce it? I feel like that... You can't it, renounce it. You could stop being observant, but there's no way to stop being Jewish. Hmm. It is literally impossible. Now, what's the difference between renouncing and announcing? What renounce means like, you know, I, I renounce my uh, like free agent rights. Like I get rid of. Yeah. Announcing? Uh, basically, like, like just exclaiming, I am no longer Jewish. Is that how is that difference? Uh, if you're announcing it versus renouncing. No, renouncing it? means like I'm I'm like abandoning this. I'm it's it, 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 there's a connotation of negativity. Like I'm dropping this. Right. But do you have to like go and do paperwork to renounce? Well, it depends on what thing like you could re I, like I could renounce my Mets fandom, which would be a good idea. Right. Right. Now. But what would be there's the difference no paperwork between you in that. announcing it and renouncing it? Well, I'm I'm I you can announce that you're renouncing something also. OK, but they're two separate words. If you went on Twitter and said, mm. I am no longer a Mets fan. They were supposed to be good yes. this year. They're terrible. Are you announcing it or are you renouncing it or both? both? Both, both. OK. I mean, if you had few enough followers, you're not really announcing it. You're just renouncing you're just, it. Yeah, you're just posting like If you had like three followers, it's just you're just posting but it. But to technically renounce your faith in Judaism, do you have to go through a process or could you just stop believing? Well, you could stop believing whenever you want. There's no formal process. Yeah. Um, but there's also no way to stop being. It's, it's, it's like genetic. There's no way to stop being Jewish. Okay. Uh, are you saying that Judaism is uh, is a um, well? I, I say it's it's not a it's not a faith. It's a it's because well, I, I don't right. It, it's both. It's both. I think so. Okay. Um, I don't know. We could have Chester write like an angry missive. Like Cuba doesn't know anything. Because I was trying to think. Like I don't know if like uh, I mean Catholic doesn't denote a geographic region that I'm from. Well, it's not geographic. Also, it's you know there's. There's Jews from, you know, North Africa and there's Jews from all over the place. That so I feel like mean, you should be able to just renounce it. No, nah, can't renounce it. Yeah. OK. Nobody and nobody thinks you can other than this 13 year old. Like nobody thinks you <laughs> You could, in theory, also be another religion. Like that's possible, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but that's converting. You could convert to the other religion or so you, you have could to renounce to first before you convert. No. Well, you maybe the other religions. I'm not I'm not like the gatekeeper there. OK. And again, please uh, forgive my naivete on any no, of this. No, no, yes. I, I, I mean, yes, forgive. Yes. But don't, don't, you don't even. My, my curiosity. People, nobody just started now, especially since no one's allowed to start listening now. Like 
everyone's this is episode 159 or something everyone knows we're done yeah okay uh some people are upset about are uh really laying down the law on this i've gotten some what, emails. That no one's allowed to listen anymore right yeah we did get at least one email saying what's the password mm-hmm. yeah i also got another no email password. from somebody who's very upset that they 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 started listening and they uh mm. want to be able to listen to these podcasts did you tell them that like we'll let them in we'll grandfather them in yeah yeah that's fine we will renounce the rule for them <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. Lipman comes in right when uh, Adam announces that he's no longer Jewish. Yeah. Who wants cookies? Okay. There must be no mom here because that's like a Jewish mom move, right? There's no mom in the picture with Mr. Lipman. Yeah. We don't know who Adam's uh, mother is, especially Mm. considering that Mr. Lipman tries to make out with Elaine later on in the episode. Right. I guess that's a little less skeevy if there's no mom in the picture. Yeah. So Frank Stans is upset. George is late. Uh, he's starting a sales contest. I love this, that the uh, the loser gets fired. The winner gets a water pick. <laughs> yeah. What a, really what a, you know, what, a, what like the stakes are so high. They've never been higher. <laughs> and Estelle constantly is yelling about, you're not giving away our water pick. The water pick's a throwback to like some of the toothbrushing episodes, right? Uh, is it? Yeah, didn't we discuss water picks? Uh, I, yeah, you know, I think we did talk about a water pick earlier on in the episode, but uh, never the Costanza's water pick. Not the Costanza's water pick, just the idea of a water yeah. pick. Yeah. And so uh, Frank uh, gives us another serenity now, and George says, you know what? It doesn't matter. I quit. He quit selling the computers, and then uh, Frank Costanza calls him out about how he couldn't compete with Lloyd Braun, and so George gets back to work. Yeah, that really sets him off. Yeah. I love that he calls up this person. He's just like he's screaming into the phone and says, uh, you want to sell computers? I'll show you how to sell computers. Like, hello? You want a computer? No? All right. <laughs> he says good answer, but we don't know what the good answer is. Like, does he already have one? Yeah. Does he not know to use them? <laughs> Serenity now. <laughs> Okay. All right. So uh, we see Elaine and Mr. Lippman and the kid. And so uh, Elaine is talking to Adam again. And, uh, you know, he's again uh, very upset that he's not a man. And so Mr. Lippman asks Elaine, uh, so uh, what type of guy are you looking for? I mean, th- th- how skeevy are these guys hitting on Elaine? The Lippmans. And I feel like it's uh, less skeevy for Adam to do it than for Mr. Lipman, Elaine's former Yeah, no, boss. Adam, I can't blame a 13-year-old. Right. He's, you know, he's a kid. I mean, he's a man, but he's a kid. Okay. Um, so, Mr. Lipman uh, making making a move here. Hmm. All right. They say on the internet, shoot or shoot. Yes, yes. All right. So, Jerry and Patty walk past Kramer, who's now set up outside on his patio. And uh, that uh, Kramer's got the full outdoor patio set up, Keeve. Yeah, he's really taking up the whole hallway at this point. Yes. Uh, Jerry's asking uh, if Kramer's going to barbecue and Kramer says he is. Yeah. Right after the fireworks. Right after. All right. So here's where Jerry and Patty are going to have their breakup. So Jerry asks Patty about a restaurant. Uh, Where do you want to eat? She throws out uh, Le Caridad. And Jerry doesn't want to go there again. Now, I, I didn't see any difference between when Jerry was pretending to be mad before and Jerry actually getting mad here. 
I agree. I, they, he didn't act it well enough or they didn't make him sell it as hard as he could have. Yeah. He gets a little passive aggressive here. Right. Or maybe they want him to be ambiguous, but she, he's just get, so getting on the nerves of Patty that she's done with it. Maybe that she says, yeah, you've been yelling at me all afternoon. And Jerry says, well, I don't think more flan is the answer. And so right. and then she just leaves. She just leaves. And this is the last we see of her. Uh, yeah. I, I, other than like the Janine Garofalo breakup, which is, you know, the first scene in, in an episode. I do think this is the earliest Jerry breakup. If it's, someone has his beat, let me know. But I, it's really early in the episode. It's interesting because we have Lori Laughlin, who is certainly a name at this point in yeah. time. Very recognizable Yeah, they could face. advertise her on the commercial that week, right? Like, Aunt Becky's coming to town. Right. I mean, is Seinfeld Looking just great also. so big here in season nine that Lori Laughlin just does not even resonate? Or, or is this actually sort of like, is she more of a has-been at this point? Like, has... I wonder the, if, like, the kitsch of Full House, like, we're remembering it as a bigger deal like it was a highly rated show but like maybe it became sort of a joke yeah and then it became like because like the next generation for whatever reason decided to watch it it became like a real part of americana but two years after it ended it was kind of a joke again you could be right there. yeah i think that might be the case okay. like because again she's not acting really at all like it's not like she's getting roles left and right in the next like six years right. after the show ends or the audience is cheering when they see her Right. But again, she might have that full house like FU money. She might not have to work. I don't Plus think the they had FU money. money on full house. I, it was a really popular show. I'm sure by like the final season. Again, she was not like the like they could have written her off pretty easily. She was definitely like the ninth lead on the show. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, she had all that Massimo money. Like think about how hot Massimo was in the late 90s. She was rich. Yeah. OK. Um, so she leaves and uh, Kramer ends up seeing her. As uh, she goes out, that he's got uh, his sparklers going. Yeah, the fireworks are a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. Okay. So Elaine comes through and uh, Jerry uh, is upset that uh, Patty broke up with him. He doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, this is mean Jerry now. He's getting like progressively meaner. Yeah. Well, no, now he's sad because he's like filling his face. He's like, what is this salty discharge? Yeah. I do. I, Elaine's line here that you break up with a girl every week is classic. Yeah. And he doesn't understand uh, what what is happening to him. Um, it is odd that he is crying over this woman. I know, but she's, you know, she's not bad looking. I mean, this yeah. uh, Lori Lachlan. Aunt Becky, you know? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so Jerry realizes that he cares. This is horrible. Okay. Uh, Jerry's talking to Kramer about his uh, girl <laughs> problems that uh, he doesn't know if he can live without her. Yeah. When's he, what's he going to do until next Thursday when he's got a new chick? Yeah. Kramer says that um, what's happening is that once you let out one emotion, the rest will come out. It's like Endora's box, uh, which Jerry says that was the mother on Bewitched. Uh, you mean Pandora? Yeah, uh, I uh, I mean, I did watch Bewitched, so I get the joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kramer says she had one, too. All right. So here comes George. And uh, as uh, he pulls Jerry in, we see a ball uh, come at Kramer and he gets really mad, and he told these kids not to play in front of his house. And this time he's keeping it, and he's not giving their Brock back either. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, we don't know where these kids come from. This is kind of a mystery. <laughs> it's probably the kid he had to babysit that time. Yeah, maybe it's him and his friends. That's probably right. Yeah. Okay, so George, uh, you know, tells uh, Jerry, you know, stop being so upset. It's just a girl. Uh, he knows what will make Jerry feel better. A computer. <laughs> What a salesman. Yes. He says, 
you can check porn and stock quotes. So computers basically have the same function as like 20 years ago, except nobody checks stock quotes anymore. George really does use porn as a selling point a number of times in this episode to tell people why they need a computer. Yeah, I thought that was like more hidden for the first couple years of the whole internet thing. Yeah. Like everyone was doing it, but they weren't necessarily talking about it. Well, I think that might have been fun that they were calling it out here. It might have been why it got such a Right, right. Maybe this was more like, uh, you're right, maybe this was more like ahead of its time than we realize. Jerry wants to tell George how much he loves him and he freaks George out. Yeah, you never want to hear your guy friends tell you how much they love you. (laughs) And so... Or or any friends. Like, I don't want anybody to tell me they love me. Yeah. Uh, Nobody? I mean, a kid, I guess that would be nice. That's it. Yeah. like My kids, just to be clear. Yeah, you don't know what to say back. Right. Especially if you don't love them back. It's like, yeah, uh, I, you know, right back at you, bro. Yeah. That's the best you could do. That's the best. All right. And as George is leaving, we see what the kids have done to uh, Kramer's screen door. They vandalized it. He got shaving creamed. Yeah. And so Kramer is going to teach these kids a lesson. And so he ends up getting a garden hose out from underneath Jerry's sink. Keith, why does Jerry have a garden hose? Um, You know, what, like who doesn't have a garden hose in their six story apartment? And this always bothered me of how, like a garden hose can hook up to your kitchen sink. Yeah, you're asking the wrong guy. I'm not the guy who fixes people's screen doors. I don't know anything. OK. And so... Kramer ends up giving the signal uh, of uh, when I tell you, uh, you say uh, Hoochie Mama. Yeah, that's the password. Okay. And then uh, if he does it, uh, that Kramer will buy a computer. Uh, Right. But Kramer never agrees to that, right? He just says, will you buy a computer? Kramer doesn't even say yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And Kramer has the hose. He's ready to go. And he's telling George to turn on the faucet. But uh, it's he he does not. It does not work. No, they don't hear him. They're too busy worrying about Jerry. He's just yelling, hoochie mama, hoochie mama, hoochie mama. It's scenes of him getting beat up by the karate kids. Mm hmm. All right. Uh, Elaine tells George uh, this is in a cab now and uh, talking about how she got kissed by the other Lipman. Yeah. Two Lipmans. OK. Uh, and George says it's because she's got Schick's appeal. Keeve, is this right? Is this a thing? I mean, again, I believe it was invented here. So like it's a Seinfeld creation. Yeah, I've never thought about it. I don't see, you know, like I don't think like, oh, you know, this is I have no idea. I'm the wrong guy to ask. Okay, Jewish men love the idea of meeting a woman that's not like their mother. True or false? That's true. That's true. But I think in theory, it's true. But ultimately, you know, you probably end up with someone more like your mother than you, you you know, you'd otherwise Mm -hmm. uh, want. Yeah. Eventually, uh, they all remind you of one another, right? Well, I think I, you ultimately end up marrying your mother-in-law, right? Because you're, you're like the girl uh, ends uh, up Keith, becoming uh, her mom. Please, please, please. What? Oh, okay. I, I got I to gotta get through this podcast. Listen, it's I'm, I, like, were you unaware of this? That like a lot of women end up a lot like their moms. <laughs> Keith. So George says to Elaine, uh, I'll tell you what about this computer. The price I could get you on a new computer. Yeah, I do. I like or I do like that. He just goes. No, he says what's insane. Right. She says yeah. that's insane. He says, yeah. I'll tell you what's insane. He's really a good salesman. Sorry, I was trying. He to isn't selling in a computer. Yeah. Yeah. So Elaine's <laughs> not going to buy a computer from George. Uh, I love that George as a selling point says to Elaine, there's porn. Listen, she's the thirstiest in the whole crew. So it's a it's a decent, you know, pitch. It just doesn't work. I do love her response to this. I love that her response isn't like, uh, you know, what the hell is Ooh, wrong gross. with you? Yeah. You think I would want porn on your computer? She says to him, 
Even so. <laughs> right. I'd buy it from somebody else. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Elaine is back with Mr. Lipman. And uh, she's trying to explain that the only reason you like me is because I'm a shiksa. If you weren't Jewish, you wouldn't be interested in me. Yeah. And he, he says that's not true. And he, too, will renounce his Judaism. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> and she gets an oive in there. Yeah. All right. So she should really convert to Judaism. I think that would be like a funny, like just for this episode, that would be like a funny. Yeah, that'd be a good way out of to, it. To Watley. Yeah. So that that would uh, stop her from being a shiksa. Well, at least for this episode. Sure. Although once you convert, I guess she's stuck. So, yes. Okay. So we end up seeing Kramer. Now he has been egged. Uh, he's been ambushed with a box of grade A's. Yeah. Is that is that the best egg to throw people? I'm not sure. I, I haven't done any research on it. Do you want something that's like smaller and can really fly like a BB? Or do you want something that's bigger with a little more weight like a softball? I like the organic eggs just because they're more expensive. It's like more fun to throw at somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So Kramer has adopted Serenity now. Yeah. Listen, Kramer is a Frank guy. Whatever Frank does, he's, he's up for. He likes that idea. And so Elaine comes through. And uh, she says that Mr. Lippman has now renounced his Judaism. She says, the Shiksa thing is out of control. What is with you people? Yeah, you people. I don't know if you could say stuff like that. I think you could then and then you can't now. Oh, really? I think, is that what it was? No, I think you could never say what's with you people. Yeah. I feel like pre-Tropic Thunder. I feel like that, that, uh, then, that then after that. Oh, okay. That's the cutoff. I got it. <laughs> the cutoff. <laughs> okay. And Jerry tells Elaine to sit down. And uh, she's like looking for a snack and uh, Jerry is making this whole big pitch. Again, shades of the finale here. And uh, he says that, you know, we're all looking for meaning and the secret to happiness has been right in front of us. And Jerry is gets down on one knee to propose to Elaine. And right then George bursts in with a uh, hand truck full of computers. Yeah, he found a way to beat Lloyd Brown. Elaine is ignoring Jerry like someone just told her that she's going to marry someone who's like her mother-in-law. Yeah. And uh, George has like a whole big rant and he's figured out a way to beat Lloyd Braun and he's going to stash the computers here and then get the money back. And then uh, he sees what Jerry is doing. Who's he getting the money back from? Uh, the people. From Frank? Uh, the, nobody bought them. Yeah. So the, like Frank is going to give them the money back? It's a good, it's a good point. Is he going to. Like Frank doesn't give money back. Like the idea is terrible. Yeah. Is he going to flip the computer somewhere? Like does Frank. I buy guess them you could from- flip them, but like you'll lose some money possibly. Or like he's then he's back to square one where he has to sell these computers, which he's not able to do right now. Yeah. Is Frank like buying them from Gateway at cost or something like that? Yeah. Or off a truck. I'm not sure. Something. And so he's just going to go put the computers at Kramer's house. Yeah. That's the best, safest place. Okay. All right. And so Elaine says to Jerry, she has a lot going on with uh, Lippman. Um, uh, yeah. Well, and, and you know, and Jerry's proposing to her that second. Yeah. Oh, so you mean that's why she says yes. no? Now, is Jerry proposing to Elaine? Because is this tied into the Schick's appeal? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's just, it, it happens to be at a point where he is very emotionally vulnerable. Yes. It's the vulnerability plus the Schick's appeal. Like that's that, you know, that's why he's going like haywire and actually proposing. Okay. So back in the garage, Lloyd Braun has to deal with the fact that Costanza is kicking his butt. Yeah. He sells 24 computers right off the bat. <laughs> Two dozen. Boom. And then uh, we hear the noise of, if you'd like to make a call, please hang up. Uh, And he hangs up. And uh, Lloyd Braun 
he <laughs> gets told by Frank, I got some good news and some bad news, and they're both the same. You're fired. Costanza, you win the water pick. Yeah, and Estelle, who spends her whole day listening, immediately yells that he can't have it. Okay. Um, Lloyd Braun tells George, hey, tell your dad that Serenity Now thing doesn't work. Yeah, eventually you just blow. Yeah, Lloyd Braun has clearly tried this. Well, George says to him, how would you know you were in the nut house? Yeah, and apparently the serenity now is what made him go crazy. I feel like how would you know you were in the nut house is n- not really the right answer to what Lloyd Braun just said. No, it's not. And it's a little insensitive. It's a little insensitive. I feel like that he probably has some expertise in this area. Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, Lloyd Braun uh, says it's uh, serenity now. Insanity later. Uh, George also says to him, I heard they found a family in your freezer, which is uh, also uh, pretty insensitive. Crazy line. People ask about that in the mailbag. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Jerry comes down the hall and uh, Kramer, his whole house and uh, hallway has just been uh, completely vandalized. He's just babbling to himself, serenity now, serenity now. Yeah, he really got rocked by something. Yeah. Kramer is trying to act natural that the children did some uh, redecorating, but uh, he is uh, really losing it. Yeah. And then he just bursts into his apartment and goes crazy. Yeah. Okay. So George comes through. He says, I did it. I beat Lloyd Braun. And we hear Kramer just smashing all the computers. Are we like, do we know immediately that he's breaking the computers? Like, is that evident to you when you're no, watching? I, I think you sort of forget about that, that the computers were there. Yeah, I, you almost forget about it for a second. Because I think that you don't even know if he really did that, if he went through with it. Right. Yeah. And so Kramer ends up uh, coming out uh, and George wants to know, uh, why couldn't you squeeze one of those rubber balls? Why do you have to destroy 25 computers? It's a fair question. Yeah. Uh, Kramer says, I owe you one. Yeah, it's a good line also. All right. So Jerry and George have a talk and, uh, Jerry, uh, wants to know if George wants to talk about these, uh, these feelings. And so Jerry is talking about how great this has been. And so George opens up and this to me is sort of like shades of when George was trying to get the apartment in the Andrea Doria and he's, yeah, except we don't see it. It happens off screen. Right. And he does this whole thing. And uh, we cut back to it later, but it does not go well. Um, Elaine is back with the rabbi. The rabbi is back, Keeve. I like this guy. I mean, I hate him, but he's, you know, he's good. Yes. He wants to know about Schick's appeal. He said it's like the Yeti or the Sasquatch. Right. Uh, but then he starts talking about how his congregation has a timeshare in Myrtle Beach, and maybe Elaine could go down after the high holidays. Yeah. So it's, uh, Listen, that's another shooter just shooting. <laughs> All right. So George explains everything and uh, Jerry is back to normal. Uh, Jerry says, I think you scared me straight. Yeah. I, he, I like how he says to Elaine, like, did you know the rabbis are allowed to date? I feel like rabbis shouldn't be allowed to date. They should not be allowed to date. When, <laughs> well, you a, lot of, a lot of like communities will, will want to hire a, a married rabbi. Yeah. So they're not like dating the congregants. OK, so that's that's the way to go. I, I think so. Like, if you don't want to have to worry about some scandal. Yeah. Uh, are there a lot of scandals? I feel like that uh, the uh, Jewish faith has done a good job of uh, keeping that hush-hush if there are. Well, is that a good job then? No, what, No. when I say scandal, I mean with like the ladies. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm not talking about like any like... Oh, uh, okay. You're not talking about like the kids you stuff. Know, a, a, uh, yeah, a, a, no, I think they're pretty good. Yeah. I think that, listen, every 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 sort of like faith has their... Uh, they're duds, but yeah, no, I, I like, I, I, I listen. It wasn't going on, and I'm just saying you don't well, my hear dad, about my dad was a rabbi. Like, I hope it was philandering rabbis. You don't hear much about them, no. Yeah, so either it's not happening, or it's sort of they do a good job of, uh, you know, uh, keeping it uh, all uh, in house on the DL. Sure, yeah. yeah. 
In synagogue. In synagogue. I asked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> so, um, uh, Elaine ends up coming in after Jerry has been uh, scared straight. And uh, Elaine wants to try to get that marriage proposal going again. Yeah. They're never on the same page at the same time. One of them's always in love with the other one, but the other one's not feeling it. Yeah. And so, uh, Jerry's sister, I tell you, you know, uh, I don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a phase. Yeah. Um, and Elaine wants to know what happened uh, to that Jerry. He doesn't work here anymore. And she says, uh, well, that's just great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, George uh, says <laughs> to Elaine, you know, after all these years, I want you guys to get back together. And she ends up saying to him, well, that's because you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I do love the extreme honesty here. Like, you almost think, like, is George going to make a move on Elaine? But yeah. instead he says something, like, earnest, and she just, like, matumbos him into the fourth row. I just love the delivery on that. Well, that's it's a great because delivery. you're an idiot. And also, like, you have no idea what she's going to say. It is a really good delivery. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so we see uh, Frank and George uh, back in the garage. And then, uh, you know, uh, Frank says that uh, George brought uh, Costanza and Son to the brink of bankruptcy. George wants to know about what happens to all the Lloyd Braun computers. Uh, Frank says he's crazy. His phone wasn't even hooked up. He just liked ringing the bell. <laughs> it's a funny joke. My problem is George did something similar where he was pretending to call and then you heard in the background like, do you do do yeah. I do think that like steps on the joke a tiny bit, but it's still really funny. Here. Well, maybe George's phone was hooked up. Yeah. No, George's phone was hooked up because we heard it. It's yeah. just. But maybe they just, I just think like the, the fake call steps on the he wasn't calling joke, I think. OK. All right. Uh, I'm nitpicking here. Estelle says that uh, she needs to clean the garage and she needs to put her car in it. Frank doesn't let her. And so uh, he's getting upset. Serenity now. And George tells him to stop saying Serenity now. Say Hoochie Mama. And then Estelle drives the car into the garage. Yeah. She's going to like drive over them if they don't move. We don't know what happens. Yeah. I think this is the only thing to me that sort of jumps out. Why does Estelle have like homicidal tendencies? She's crazy. And uh, she knows she's I don't think she's going to hit them. I think she just, uh, you know, like she she I mean, listen, my mom, is. you know, if she needed the garage, she would also be pretty upset. I have one small tweak that I would make with this that I wouldn't have a problem. Tell with me this. how you'd end it. OK. Uh, I think we need to get Estelle doing uh, Serenity now a couple times in the episode and then have her drive the car into the garage. While yelling Serenity now? I think that you can have her start saying it back maybe once or twice and maybe that sort of explains why she's having a psychotic break. Okay. Okay. All right. Not bad. Keeve, uh, let's talk about the Serenity now. Mm. It's fun. Yeah, it's a good episode. Very good episode. Fun romp for everybody. Okay. I think as we get into season nine, we're like less worried about like this is a little unrealistic. And we're just happy it's still very funny. Right. But it's unrealistic in that, okay, you know, Jerry gets in touch with his emotions. Uh, Kramer puts a screen door on his apartment. I mean, this is like of the unrealistic things. This right. Is, it's not like, oh, this should be on Family Guy or something. It's not a cartoon. Right. You know, Elaine's boss uh, and, and her boss's kid hit on her. So it, it's not a cartoon. It, it's no, it's I agree. outlandish, it, but it's it's not sure. uh, stretching your mind or anything. You know, you don't. And to- also, it's you know, we're getting more meta definitely in season nine yeah. with them, you know, Elaine commenting on like, you have a boyfriend, things like that. But 
It's okay to be a little self-aware. Okay. All right, Keeve. Uh, Jerry and uh, getting in touch with his emotions. What do you think? Uh, pretty funny. I'll give it an A minus. A minus. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'll probably give it more of a B plus just because I really can't tell when Jerry is actually uh, in touch with his emotions and when he is actually. Yeah. I mean, listen, Jerry's not a great actor also. It's, you know, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, George with the computer serenity now. Yeah, really funny. I mean, the Serenity Now stuff, like, it was so big the next day. Everyone was yelling it in school and at work. Uh, like, we're almost underselling it. It was it was a big deal. Yeah, it I was give that an A+. Plus. Give it an A+. Plus. Okay, and then we also have Kramer with the screen door. Pretty funny. Very light lifting for Kramer, but he does a really good job with it. I'll give him an A. Yeah, I'll give him an A-. minus. It's like getting an A in gym class. It's not like the same A as, like, AP Calculus, but still an A to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was funny that, uh, you know, the joke doesn't really evolve too much. You know, he's just no. like... The kids uh, just keep uh, making more. We could have maybe got Newman involved in the, you know, downstairs, like outside. I feel like Newman would have loved the setup. Yeah. And then Elaine with the Schick's Appeal. I th- the Schick's Appeal also is like something that like, it's not really still in the culture, but like it set up a word that like people use for a long time. Yeah. Him just like taking her, her and making out with her like that alone, I think it's, it's an A. Like that's an insane scene. Yeah, I'll say maybe an A minus just because I feel like that the story doesn't really have an ending. Right. I mean, the rabbi trying it is pretty is pretty out there, but I agree. There's not like a home run ending. Yeah. It starts off with this biggest note. It's like a beginning and a middle and then sort of looks like, OK, and it turns out that lots of Jewish guys like Elaine. Mm-hmm. And also Jerry is proposing to Elaine, which is like kind of a big deal in the scheme of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Keith, overall, the serenity now, where does it place in your rankings is this a top 25 episode i feel like it's probably on the outside looking in on top 25 i'm gonna say it's 30 on your list no i I, it's it's in the top 25 i have it pretty high i have it all the way up at number 16 16 yeah i also think this could have been like a good like season finale or something not necessarily series finale but like between jerry proposing and like this you know, there's a couple of big moments that, you know, it could have been like you a don't know if Frank stands in George are dead at the end of the episode. Right. 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 Maybe maybe you have a little bit of a, a twist there if it's a finale. Yeah. So there you go. All right. That's the serenity now. Keeve, let's get into the serenity mailbag. Seinfeld mm-hmm. at postshowrecaps.com. Now. Yeah. Let's mention also for next week, uh, if you're listening to this um, for the uh, junk mail. Right. We're recording the blood before you hear this. Yeah. Or, or right after you hear this. But for the junk mail next week, we're going to record early. So get your questions in for the junk mail on, uh, I guess, as early as possible. The bl- if you, When you hear this, send in your questions for the blood, then right away send right. your We're going to try to get this mail. one up quick, and then we're going to record the next episode. Uh, for those of you in the real time, on May 17th, on that Wednesday. Are we in the real time? I'm confused. Well, we're going to try. This This is probably going to be the episode that goes up closest to real time as right. as we've ever done. Sure. Okay, Uh, you could, you know, read today's headlines, but they're right. Had I known had I known we were doing that, I would have made less mistakes. Yeah. And then uh, on Wednesday, the 17th, that's when we're going to record our next episode. And then the following week, we're going to be Monday, whatever that is, the 22nd early in the week again. So we're actually recording uh, three episodes of this podcast in the next eight days. Yeah, and then we should be on a pretty normal schedule for a while going forward after that. Okay. All right, Keeve. Uh, so what's this from Dan the Benefactor? All right, so Dan the Benefactor, um, he wanted to give us his uh, updated fundraising total Yes. from uh, the Good Plus Foundation. Again, the podcast been going on so long that Jerry's wife has switched her charity's name. No. It was, it, it used to be Baby, what was it, Baby something Baby. Something anyway, baby. it's the Good Plus Foundation now. 
it, it has a it has sort of a more broad mission with high chairs for poor people and diapers for people in need and car seats and and nice charities nice uh sort of uh things but mo- you know very mostly baby related will they take uh, or- all the baby stuff that i have at my house that i want to get rid of oh we could call them they may take donations oh. they probably only take i wouldn't be surprised if they only take new stuff yeah but we could ask anyway uh, we are now one at- minute we go over this season i'm gonna give one another one of my kids toys away perfect <laughs> by the way i would like to do that too I like I told my kids that each have to throw out 10 toys thinking it would go over well. And now I'm like public enemy number one in my own house. You thought that was going to go over well. You each have to throw well, out they 10 have toys? thousands of like junky to- like every How time you someone think comes, that was going to bring- go over well. Like because I want their like, I don't know the, the bunch of hoarders. <laughs> anyway, we've read we, Dan. The benefactor is given eighteen hundred and eighteen dollars so far. Yes. through uh, season eight. So great job, Dan. Great job us for going long. Yes, because a good job, uh, Dan the Benefactor. Okay. Uh, Johnny DeSilvera says, according to the Seinfeld Wiki, the plot of The Serenity Now was inspired by a writer, Steve Corrin's father. Stephen, while driving around with his parents, his father would shout Serenity Now at the top of his lungs as part of a rage control exercise and question if it was meant to be screamed or not. I think it was like uh, it was like a 60s parent type thing where like, you know, they would have like scream therapy or like primal scream, whatever. It was there was a lot of screaming with the hippies. Wow, primal scream. Yeah, they would have primal scream like classes. They'd all like go into like the desert and scream together. Are you sure that's not like I've seen like those things that it's like uh, going back to like being a man? Like it's like uh, like some sort of like I forget what that's called, but uh, you go like drum like uh, like what's it, like drum circle or something. No, Carollo always talks about how his mom used to do it. She okay. would go to like primal scream therapy or whatever. Yeah, does it work? Uh, he complains about his mom a lot, so probably, <laughs> probably not. not. I'm not sure. Okay, well, what about Lindsay, who uh, was up at our event in Toronto last week? Well, he went to her neck of the woods. I should hope she was there. Yes. See, you should have done it on her farm. I bet she would have given you a good price there. Probably. Uh, anyway, Lindsay says a boggle, yay or nay. And similarly, she wants to know if I have any stories about great were terrible gifts given at bar mitzvahs. I think we're both uh, nay on the boggle. We're nay on the boggle, especially as a bar mitzvah present. I mean, that's really, you know, I had a like, distant relative who was like famous for bad presents. And I was super curious to see like what she would give me. I think she gave my parents like 10 bucks for their wedding or something. 10. I thought the uh, minimum was 18. Yeah, whatever. It was like a terrible, even 18. Like 18 is a really bad wedding present. Like three um, games of boggle and, for that. <laughs> how much is boggle now? I can't um, imagine boggle is more than $10. I think she didn't give me anything, which was which was like disappointing because I wanted Still to better one, than Boggle. I was like, nothing is better than Boggle. I agree. Giving nothing is like, oh, maybe they forgot. I mean, we have like I definitely owe people wedding presents and I'm not good, especially if my wife is like if it's my if it's my wife's person, she's on top of it. Yeah. But if it's like my friend, like I have to ask her 30 times and then I, we still don't give it. OK, Keith, currently on Amazon, uh, Boggle is eight eighty nine. Available on Prime. We have Boggle. What if my kids let me throw a Boggle? I feel like that would be worth 10 <laughs> toys to me. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm going to ask them tomorrow. They should, the deal should be if they let you throw out Boggle, they have to throw out 20 toys. Right. Oh, you mean because it's like a punishment for them? <laughs> no. That well, you're my, doing my something nice like, for them and throwing out Boggle, right. but then you have my, to throw out 20 toys. Big Boggle my, also, uh, which is a 5x5, five five, uh, 11 99 my thing is, like, when was the last time you guys played this game? If you've never played the game, it's never going to be played. Yeah. Similar to clothing. If you haven't worn it in, like, three years, you're never going to wear it. Just get rid of it. Yeah. I, I got really annoyed that uh, my wife got a board game for Dominic, uh, my younger son, or my older son, uh, when I was away. And then uh, I went to go play it with them, or with him. 
And then I was like, okay, well, how do we play the game? And my wife is like, I don't know. I, th- I, I She basically says she like threw out the directions, didn't read them. She just moves the pieces around the board. The thing is, like, I have I've, I've bought a couple of really complicated board games that were like highly recommended. And every game ha- will have like instructions on YouTube. So you could watch the YouTube instructions for that. But what kind of lunatic is no, it, playing- throwing out the instructions is insane, even for a thrower. She, says like she lost them. She lost the instructions. Yeah, that's but she, crazy. But she they also didn't the read them. Yeah. By the way, that's what I tell my kids. Like you lose a piece like a puzzle. You lose a piece. Garbage. You lose the instructions, game's in the yeah, garbage. This is a, uh, a brand new game. Can I tell game? you the, the, the real rule that everyone should have that I want to follow, What's but that? no one in my family listens to me? One in, one out. You get a game, you throw out your worst game. Oh. Okay. You get a toy, you throw one toy that's broken in the garbage. Hmm. One in, one out, you'll, you, you'll, never, you'll never have too much stuff. I like it. And then the kids will be like, hey, you know, I was going to get that, but I don't have anything to throw out. It's like a 40-man roster, right? We got no one to cut, so we can't add anybody. <laughs> I hope people don't look at podcasts that way. I think they, I mean, listen, nobody, look, I have like, everyone either listens to one podcast, like 120. Mm. I'm, I'm subscribed to like 90 podcasts. Okay. But you don't have to like get rid of one before you subscribe to a new one. No, no. Because, you know, I, I feel like I don't want that to be me. I don't want anyone cutting me. So I'm not going to cut anybody okay. else. Keeve, Caleb from Atlanta wants to know, do you have any mantras for when you get stressed like Serenity now? I really don't. I was very stressed yesterday during the Spurs game and I started like chewing on a pen. So I think that's like my nervous tick. I like bite a pen. Yeah. Uh, um, well, in addition to biting my fingernails, I used to sometimes like uh, have like a rubber band on my wrist. And, like you like snap yeah. it. Well, those these fidget spinners now, they're like they're the, all the rage that, you know, maybe maybe that would be good for like sports watching. Maybe I need to get one. So, no, I don't have a mantra for getting angry, sadly. No, yeah, I don't get angry enough to have a mantra. Uh, what about Mike C.? So he says the plot for Seinfeld was famously referred to as too New York and too Jewish. Is this the most Jewish episode of the series? Did the writers figure in season nine they had enough of an audience they could use the story that may not necessarily land in the five or six? It's probably a better question for you because like I'm too inside. Mm-hmm. But do you think the idea of Schick's appeal is like too complicated and not explained well enough? Um, or it's explained well? I think it's explained uh, well enough. It, I, mean, I think people this, know what a bar mitzvah is. Is this the most Jewish episode of the series? I, I, mean, I don't think so. I think someone asked that in like an early episode and there was a couple that are that are up there. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that this is the Brit is very Jewy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like everyone knows what a bar mitzvah is, but not everyone knows the name Bris. Right. right. So no, I think everyone knows. Maybe not everyone knows what a bar mitzvah is, actually. I don't know. Um, I think it's fine. I think that it doesn't necessarily need to be something like uh, I think the idea of a show, a good show, is it sort of like brings you into a world that you don't necessarily know about where um if you're watching uh, Star Trek, Keith, just like when you learned about Q and you, yeah. you, you didn't have to be, uh, you know, uh, from the planet Risa to know about what was going on there. Right. Right. And I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like and also I was just watching Master None. I don't know a thing about Indian culture, but like, there's nothing that really. How is that new head. season? I really like it. I know we discussed this a couple of years ago when season one was on and you were lukewarm on it compared to me. Yeah. But I think season two is better. But it, the first couple episodes, like the first episode is in black and white yeah. and Italian. OK, so That's fine. you have to really commit to it. I'm sure that by episode th- my complaint it was about good. it at the time Chester liked it too. that I hated the, the romance. I, I really like I uh, hated the relationship yeah. between uh, him and the. I'm not going to spoil anything. The woman on the show. You know, there's there's new sort of uh, opportunities. This. this yeah, season. I just found that that relationship was very whiny, where it was a lot of like complaining about how the relationship was only very good and not perfect. 
I thought that that was right. a not relatable, not relatable like <laughs> millennial problem uh, to, right. to deal with. Like, oh, my relationship is only kind of good, so I can't be with this woman forever. How do I know I'm not with the absolute perfect person? Yeah. Well, Aziz also, I, I was listening to him on Bill Simmons podcast and he was talking about how he like really cut off from like all so like he doesn't he, he doesn't follow a single person on Twitter or Facebook. He deleted the apps from his phone. He really like cut out all he doesn't watch TV except Game of Thrones. Like he really cut out all Why? sort of like pop culture and, and all social media. Why? How does he do a Maybe that's the way to go to like really create great stuff. Is that what you have to do? But I feel like you're too much in a vacuum. How do, you, how do you know somebody's not... I know it's funny because this is the same guy who's like the punchline of his first album, which I really liked because like early stand-up was like TNT, you know, knows drama. And now he's like, I, he's, you know, Simmons is mentioning stuff to him. He's like, yeah, I don't even like, I'm not even like familiar with this. Too out of touch. Too out of touch is these. I think it happens to a lot of comedians. Like they get rich. And he even said like, because he moved to Japan and he moved to Italy, partially for the show, especially the Italy part. Mm-hmm. But like the... Like he he did mention on the podcast, like you know, he like he was getting asked for too many selfies, which I do think is a problem with like the A list celeb, like A tier list celebrities, right? That every time they leave the house, they're just literally every block being asked for five pictures. What do you do? You can't like it's one thing to be snapped by paparazzi, right? Which is the old school problem, but that doesn't really affect your day. But like literally having to say no to people every two minutes is tough, probably right? Right? It probably takes a lot. Like, even if you don't mind, say, I think Chris Evans, who's one of the superhero guys, like, he just made a rule he won't take any selfies anymore. But, like, you still have to say no or ignore people, like, 150 times a day. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be rough. Yeah. Yeah. You should just wear a sign saying, I don't take selfies. Yeah. Or you wear a disguise like uh, Bobby Valentine. I mean, for some people, but, like, first of all, if you're a professional athlete, you can't. Like, certain people are too, Aziz is, like, too recognizable. Yeah. Uh, It would be harder for him. Chris Evans could wear a disguise. He's very generic. Yeah, he's you know pretty basic looking. He's basic. Yeah, I mean I, I'd settle for that, but he's basic. <laughs> um, uh, what does Pat in Ohio say? Pat in Ohio says, uh, in either of your opinions, did Lloyd Braun indirectly confirm to George that a family was found in his freezer when he answered George's question, "Serenity now, insanity later"? I mean, crazy people don't answer questions directly. That's like the number one sign that people are crazy. Yeah, I don't. I think, feel like if that's not true, you'd sort you sort of have to have a rebuttal, right? Yeah, if they found the family in Lloyd Braun's freezer, I don't think he'd be out on the street. I agree, unless they couldn't pin it to him. Mm-hmm. He had a great lawyer. Yeah, unless he so he just like pleaded insanity. And well, yeah, maybe. Him. But if you're pleading insanity, like to five murders, I feel like you don't get out of the mental hospital that quick. But maybe he escaped from the mental hospital. Perhaps, perhaps. Okay. Um, this is, uh, from Charlie in Seattle. Would you say that you have a Lloyd Braun in the world of podcasting? That's a good question. Do you? Uh, I don't, but if I you did. You don't have a rival. There's no one, yeah. there's no one who does the exact same thing as you. Right. If I did, I probably wouldn't mention it because that they would right. just be annoying. You don't want to give him right. the love. Sure. Right. I mean, I guess I have Chester. He's sort of my Lloyd <laughs> Braun. He's more your Newman, I think. Yeah, he is my Newman. That's a good point. Okay. Matt in Massachusetts, what does he say? All right, he says there's so many things wrong when Lloyd makes his first appearance. First, the Quavi Cup, he ends Frank, is clearly empty. This is getting to be a Chester email. Second, we don't hear him on the phone with the customer. And third, we're supposed to believe that he just made a sale 10 seconds after handing Frank his empty coffee cup. Well, I think this question really gets answered, yeah, right? Like, did Matt not was, watch the episode where... Maybe Lloyd he wrote won? in his question during the episode. Maybe. Well, that Frank says, Or maybe they're just trying to make it seem like Lloyd should be faking better. But listen, tell it to Elaine. He's a, yeah. He's a real Meryl Streep. Uh, they say he's a crazy person. His phone wasn't even connected. Yeah, yeah. He just but, likes um, to ring the bell. 
Right. But maybe the coffee cup thing is is just like a bad, you know, bad job. I don't know. Would you give a person who is mentally disturbed coffee? I mean, again, Frank doesn't realize he's mentally Certainly disturbed. Certainly decaf. He, he knows. They didn't hook up his you phone wouldn't allow for him in reason. your house if you thought he was that crazy. That again, he didn't read his resume. Him. Frank didn't even know that he had been to the loony bin. His phone was not somewhere. even connected. I know. But for, again, Frank doesn't realize. He does. And not, not, or not right up front. I'm sure at a certain point. While he's there, he realizes, oh, the phone's not plugged in. This guy's just a nut, but not from day one. <laughs> I think he knew from day one. I don't know how they like George doesn't constantly tell his parents about Lloyd Braun. He definitely did. And obviously, he's got to rub it in when he goes to the mental hospital. But you know, the Casanzas aren't the most rational folks. OK, what, what about what does Craig from Vancouver want to know? He says, is there any point in the series where you can say that we have seen Jerry legitimately mad? The closest I could come up with was when Kramer and Newman stored their bulk food in front of Jerry's car back in the marble rye. What's the most mad we've seen, Jerry? So Amir has some answers. Okay, He says, we have seen Jerry get mad or upset before. He said it was a big part of the plot line in The Wife when he breaks up with Courtney Cox. We'll also see him upset in The Pool Guy when he, puts, uh, when he pushes Ramon into the pool. Or The Friars Club when he's really upset that he's not. Yeah, he is upset with the... With the um, what's the name of that group who takes his jacket in the Friars Club? Yeah, the Melendez brothers. Yeah, yeah, the Melendez brothers. No, yeah, he's, he's really mad with those yeah. guys. Or, or did they did they kill their parents? The flying Mele- flying Melendez. Okay, the Menendez. That's uh, that's, that's the different. new Law and Order. Yeah, this. I'm sorry, that's like Law and Order this year. It's the Menendez brothers. Okay, they, they, uh, they, Law and Order like the whole thing. Is it like based on? Yeah, they're doing like a they're doing like a ten parter or something like that. Okay, good for Law and Order. Uh, he I, also know, says, I know one uh, person that won't be watching it. Who? Aziz. Oh, that's right. Hey, well, I, I don't can't maybe watch that'll maybe make... this season because I don't follow anybody on Twitter. Well, you also have to like throw in the word. I mean, you could do the Aziz, but you got to like throw in have, watch Master of None and then do Aziz next. Okay. Week, because <laughs> he does a lot of the squeaking like in the middle of a sentence or at the end yeah. of a sentence. I, like I a thought it was squeak. a very funny show. I, I binge watched the whole show right after uh, my son was born uh, in 2015. Mm-hmm. And you just didn't like the relationship episodes. Yeah, you hated yeah, them when thought, they went to Nashville, I think. I, thought that the, oh, I hated that one so much. Um, you hated that one. And that, was that, that wasn't with the girl, right? That was with Claire Danes or somebody, right? No, it was with the girl. Like they went on oh, like... Claire Danes was... I didn't like the Claire Danes episode, actually. That's the one I didn't like. I don't even remember that, but... <laughs> like she's married or something. Like she has a fancy apartment. I... I the problem with these Netflix shows is they go two years without any episodes. And this show is going to go years if it ever has more episodes because he hasn't even like started planning season three yet. And he might not he might do a movie first. So, yeah, these Netflix shows really like one of the like I say what you will about network TV, but at least the shows come right back on if they don't get canceled. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, like even lost. It would be like four months. Five no, and months then you max, watch like, them all in like a matter of like a weekend. OK. Oh, everyone was watching it. Like a lot of like the RHAP podcasters, myself included, were watching it like. They were done by Sunday morning. Like I watched seven and three and I was done. Right. Right. And then 24 hours. Then it's a blur. But yeah. Well, that's what as he said. People like he spends two years making them and people like by the 24 hours after the release, people are like, all right, when's the next one coming out? That's why I got to get on social media. That's right. I don't like when people follow zero people, though. That that really grinds my gears. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. It, it, it's very arrogant. If, if you can't tell, I'm really annoyed by this whole story about Aziz. Are you really? Yeah. No, it's you should just, listen. The Simmons podcast is actually interesting. I'll listen to it. He, I'll listen to it. But but it, it just strikes me as very arrogant, very out of touch, Aziz. There is a great, you know, I love Harris Whittle as a comedian. I've mentioned it a lot of times on the podcast, the, the young comedic writer who died. There's a crazy story in there where Simmons, who like nobody even knew they had a relationship, like uh, Harris wh- willed his baseball cards and wrestling figures to uh, to Simmons. Yeah. When he died. But but he got fired at Grantland and they were at Grantland. So he has no idea where the wrestling figures went. 
Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, on a brighter note, uh, Armir wants to know, is the rabbi inviting Elaine down to fly down the Myrtle Beach for the weekend and stay at a timeshare? Is that ridiculous? Doesn't it seem like it's too much for a first date, especially for a rabbi? You should take it slow. Well, I mean, they've been friends for a while. It's not like totally. I mean, they've had a relationship. Yeah. I don't know if they would call them friends. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty big violation of trust. I mean, they've shared secrets, certainly. Well, he has shared her secrets. That is correct. <laughs> like she hates him. Like he's gone on television and literally told like her most intimate details. Like it's amazing. She's even like, you know, this is Manhattan. He is the only rabbi. So I get why Elaine is meeting with him. But mm-hmm. yeah, small town. Finally, Chester. Oh, yeah. He writes in less than least. George Costanza is about the least handy person in television history. Why did his parents ask him to come to Queens to fix the screen door? He's never fixed anything before. I mean, I don't know. He's their kid. Like, he's their only child. Who else are they going to ask? Yeah. He's not the least handy. I'm sure Urkel is, like, less handy than <laughs> Did I do George. that? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same as my Aziz voice, I think. Uh, <laughs> so are, are the kids... Did I unfollow you on Twitter, Laura? Okay. Uh, so are the kids in the building terrorizing Kramer, or is this all happening in his head? Because we do see the rock, shaving cream, etc. It's hard to determine the exact nature of the alternate universe in season nine. Hold on a second, Chester. Is yeah. this what even is a he theory? No, this <laughs> is a nothing. This Kramer is, nothing. is having like some fight club type uh, hallucinization uh, where... It's a funny... By the way, that's a funny idea, but like we very clearly see... Um, you know, the, like a ball him gets thrown at him when we see. Yeah, him. what are you talking about? Is this, is this the, so when did Kramer start the Serenity? Now that he lost it. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know what Chester's even talking about here, honestly. Okay, uh, and Chester wants to know: Did Seinfeld invent Schick's appeal? Yeah, the etymology of the word, uh, according to like Wikipedia, is uh, in the Wiktionary, is from Seinfeld. Yeah, if it was a thing before that, it was not nationally known. Like, yeah, no, I mean, like maybe in a f- group of friends, people had said it. I think also shiks is like considered a bad word. Oh, well, then I uh, not like a really not not like a do, slur do to edit it out. No, 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 no. not yeah. like a slur. But I uh, like it just it just literally means like a, a woman who's not Jewish. OK. Oh, but but it's not necessarily like uh, like she's like a like a a woman of ill repute. No, no, not at all. I mean, on Wiktionary, it says a non-Jewish girl, especially ones who's attractive and young. So I guess like a 70-year-old grandma wouldn't be a, like a shiksa. Mm. But I always, you know, I thought it's like just a, a woman who's not. I mean, I guess most women by like literally 99.9% of the world then is shiksas. Yes. Minus the men. Okay. Most people aren't Jewish. All right. Um, Heave, great work yeah. here today. Right back at you. What's the hashtag? Do you got anything? Mean hands. Mean hands isn't bad. We had a few during the episode that was like, oh, that could be a hashtag. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, I like how, about, how about hashtag Rob's wife is going to end up exactly like her mom? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nice I've never, try, you know, I, she's not really in the RHEP universe. Like she might be a lovely lady. I really don't know anything. about. Nice uh, try. Keith. Mrs. Palmieri or whatever. Yes. Yes. Uh, she, she is, uh, yeah. Like the, uh, anti. Is she a Met fan? Yep. Is she a um, Met fan? No. No, then I don't like her. Okay. All right. I, I, as I've said, I like Met, like, I, like from Long Island, like I automatically like you as long as you're a Met fan. Like Met fan, like if Lloyd Bruns a Met fan, I like him better than my actual friends, even though he's a, probably a serial killer with bodies in his fridge. Yeah. No. Um, all right. Let's go with Mean Hands. Mean Hands. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Keith, what's coming up on the 32 Fans Podcast? Um, uh, TBD. We, you know, we, this week we did a, uh, we did Worst Living American. 
No okay. politicians. We kept politics okay. out. I was wondering how you're going to uh, work your way around that. Yeah, we worked because otherwise it's just all politics. Like it would just be 64 different politicians because mm-hmm. politicians are bad. But yeah, we worked away. But Chester really. <laughs> you could have had like brackets, though, like from like the uh, the uh, Democrats, the and Republicans, the right. yeah, independents. We could have had everything. like a bracket. Sure. And then, you, yeah. But, uh, but everyone would have just been mad. Right. Um, so but the problem is that Chester made the list, not me. So I feel like there's some people in there who were really coasting on their badness from like a decade ago. Uh, there were some shocking upsets. Like I thought, I, you know, there was one per- person in particular I thought was for sure going to make the finals. Uh, and they lost in like the first or second. round. OK, I, I'll, I'll go back. I, I'm so backlogged on podcasts. Yeah. Well, listen, you got to start deleting. One the in, one of out. Rob. The summer of Rob. <laughs> The suburb Rob listening to the podcast. That's yeah. pretty wild. Okay. All right, Keith. Well, uh, I, normally this is like I'm going to, you know, I'll talk to you in a week, but this is, I'll, I'll talk to you, do this again in 48 hours. Yeah. Well, let me give the, the quick blood synopsis. I, although I guess, you know, by the time you're listening to this, we're almost ready to record. But uh, right next week, we're talking blood. Okay. Uh, we got Izzy Mandelbaum back. Oh, we got uh, George uh, bringing pastrami into the bedroom. Uh, Kramer going to a blood bank. We got a good time. Okay. Uh, not an episode that I'm super familiar with off the top of my head. You know, some of the season nine episodes that you probably only saw like the one or two times, like when they were on in syndication, like so there will be a couple that are forgettable. Uh, I don't think this is really at the top of that list. Okay. It'll, it'll trigger memories. All right. I'll be triggered. All right. Well, thanks yeah. so much to uh, Scott St. Pierre on the edit and to Mike Moore. And of course, uh, we thank you guys again for your patience waiting for this episode to drop uh, to uh, the small percentage of you that are listening in the real time as opposed to the millions of people that are going to listen in the future. The millions and millions. <laughs> All right. All right, Keith. Uh, take care, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.